Welcome to another amazing episode of the Path to Podcast Success with your host, audience building and fear crushing podcast expert, Evan Bradley Johnson. Every single week, Evan has powerful conversations with successful entrepreneurs and business owners, revealing the podcast strategies they use to grow their subscribers and sales, and how you can use your podcast to finally get to that next level. Now, turn on your mic and let's start down the path to podcast success. Okay, welcome everyone to another very exciting episode of Path to Podcast Success. I have a guest here with me today that I am very excited to welcome to the show. I think this is going to be a pretty cool and pretty impactful conversation. You guys listening are, are in for a real treat today. Diane Lane, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you so much for having me here today. I'm super excited to have this chat with you. I'm excited too. <laughs> So I like to start off in the same place with all my guests, and that is by making sure that everyone listening is on the same page and they have the context that they need to get the most they can out of this conversation. So for those people, go ahead and tell us, what is it that you do? So I am a scaling and operations consultant and mentor. I really help my clients build their operating foundations, which includes their systems, their tech, their automations, and their teams, and their leadership so they can actually scale to their next uh, revenue milestone, whether that's $300,000, $500,000 or a million dollars or more, and you know, do it pretty effortlessly and easily, right? Because like, what's the point of scaling to those numbers if you have to almost kill yourself to do it? Yeah, right. So you work with the all important and all terrifying, depending on what stage of business you're at, outsourcing. Uh, I do to a certain extent. Um, I will say part of my approach is that like you can't really outsource all of your operations, right? You can have people do it for you, but as a CEO, as a business owner, whether you believe you're a CEO or not, you know, depending on where you are in your business, you can't fully outsource the operations because chances are you're the most constant thing that is going to be work operating in your business. So uh, to a certain extent, you have to maintain leadership. You have to maintain some level of management and control and understanding of your operation um, to be able to control, manage, and lead it as you scale. Oh, yeah. And I think that's one of the most important parts about outsourcing is that you need to know, at least on some level, what it is that you're outsourcing and you need to be able to lead that team to make it happen. So it's still outsourcing, but you're doing it actually, you know, intelligently so that that then you can work on the business instead of in it. So if you do take a week off, the business is going to crash and burn. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, it's outsourcing with your eyes wide open, right? Because there are so many times that business owners come to me and be like, oh, well, I did a VIP day for my systems, or I had this tech set up for me and I, you know, I paid 10 grand for a VIP day, but for whatever reason, it's not working. Well, it's because you bought something that doesn't actually work for your business in the way that you sell or the way you do marketing. And (laughs) I'm sorry to tell you that everything you paid for and all the stuff you set up during your VIP day, the reason why it feels hard for you is because because it doesn't work and you got to tear it down. Um, And those are the hardest situations. And it's kind of one of those things where it's like, oh, I just didn't know. I didn't know what I needed. I didn't, it sounded like a great idea at the time, right? And that's kind of the part where it's like, okay, you are the CEO. You have to have some level of understanding and control so you can make those good decisions, right? And that's something that you develop over a little bit of time or with like expert guidance. Exactly. So how long have you been doing this for? 
this is the only career I've ever had. I've always worked in operations in some way. Like I did it for almost 13 years while I was in corporate. I worked on Wall Street for a long time. I worked with a lot of financiers who had a lot of really great ideas, but no real ability to execute. And that Mm. fell into my bucket. So I did everything to essentially build our businesses to run them on a day-to-day basis. And these were like multi-million dollar hedge funds. And I'm like a kid out of college, like sweating bullets as I'm like signing off on (laughs) tax documents and PPM memorandums. Like, man, I really hope I'm doing this right. And it was really trial by fires where I learned to, well, what does it really take to build and sustain a multi-six-figure, a multi-million dollar business. And like, you know, I learned it like not by getting a certification, but like I did it for like, you know, like well, well past my 10,000 hours. <laughs> yes. And I think that is amazing. And I think that's definitely one of the best ways to learn anything and 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 get that experience is, is by getting that positive, you know, experience in the actual industry. That is definitely, that would make me hire you over someone who's just doing theoretical stuff. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, and hopefully that's compelling for a lot of people, right? Like, yeah. maybe, like I mean, I, do you want advice from somebody who's like read about it or do you want advice from somebody who like has actually done it? Exactly. So what, so, you know, you're working for yourself now. Um, what was the catalyst to want to change from working, you know, for other people in the corporate world and on Wall Street to, to doing this? Oh gosh, like that is, I mean, that's a really interesting question um, (laughs) because, you know, I think you, on paper, it seemed like I had everything because like I'd worked my way up through corporate. I'd been doing it for a long time. You know, I was a manager. I had a team. I was making, I'll admit, like stupid amounts of money um, to do like not a whole lot. Right. But I also think that when you get to a certain level in your career in corporate, like it becomes more about how you play the game than what you're actually accomplishing and what you're contributing and what you're building. And that's kind of the place where I was like, oh, is this really where I want to be? Is this really all that there is to life? Like I'm literally just, I'm I'm stroking egos and, uh, you know, saying the right words, but I'm not really doing anything. Right. Um, So it took me actually a really long time. So what actually happened was I quit my job and five days later, I packed up all my stuff and I moved to another state. Like, so when I make changes, I make really, really big changes. But to get to that point, it was like 18 months of like internal anguish. (laughs) Trying to figure out like, (laughs) what is it that I'm feeling? Like, why would I leave this behind? I am like so successful on paper. People think I'm crazy for wanting to do this. Um, And it took me a while to figure that out. But once I did it and I pulled the trigger, I'm like, okay, let's just rip this Band-Aid right off. Like, I don't like living in in California. Like, let's move somewhere else. Um, I want to travel. Let's go do that. And let's build this business at the same time. So, um, yeah, it was it was one of those like it took a while to make the decision, but once the decision was made, I went all in. I think that is amazing because that's the thing, right? I mean, life is short. If you don't want to be doing something, then stop doing it. And I definitely understand. I mean, when we get to a certain point in the world of corporate like that, it becomes a lot more about like that kind of inner office politics, yeah. and that's not. I don't think anyone actually enjoys that. I I I feel like there might be a few people, but those they're very rare and just like. <laughs> If someone did enjoy that, that'd be a little bit of a red flag. Yeah, it's like, it's like very Machiavellian almost. Like where it's like, oh, okay, I don't know, if, I don't know if we're gonna be like hanging out a whole lot. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, it is amazing that you're able to make that transition, and now you're doing this. So I guess I, it sounds like it was a fairly um, seamless transition, and that you already have so much business experience that doing it for yourself. I'm sure it wasn't a, a huge leap. Is that kind of 
So is that the case? Uh, you know, you people might think that, right? But I think that I was a little, I will say, I will admit that I was a little arrogant uh, when I went into it um, because I did have so much experience. I'm like, oh, I've run, I've built a hedge fund from zero to $50 million, $100 million. I can do anything. And I brought that kind of attitude into my business. And oh, was I smacked down real hard <laughs> when I realized I'm like, oh, it's not just about the strategy. It's also a lot about myself. And that's something that I realized like maybe not as early on as I would expect. Um, but it's something that became really clear as I was going kind of into my, like, you know, finishing up the first year, going into the second year of business. I'm like, I'm making progress, but it's not really like, it's not the home run that I thought it was going to be. And I, at that point, I was like, kind of like, well, what is, do I need another strategy? Do I need something else? And it became pretty clear pretty quickly that it's not the strategy. The strategy is fine. It was me, right? Where like, even though I had all this experience, um, there were ways that I didn't want to show up fully. There were ways that I like wanted to hide behind my agency. I want, there were ways that like, I wasn't, you know, really showing up in my marketing that, you know, people can feel that people can certainly like read that. Um, and that was kind of, a place where I was like struggling, right? Where I was like, oh, I'm not, I'm not really being, I'm being visible, but I'm not really being visible. I'm marketing, but I'm not really marketing. I'm doing everything kind of halfway and expecting tremendous results. And that was kind of a place where it's like, oh, oh, there's more to this business thing than just knowing how to put it together. Um, and that's a place where it's like, I don't think people think about it. People, no one tells you about that part of entrepreneurship. And that was something that really kind of maybe caught me off guard a little bit, but it's also the thing that like really added like rocket fuel to my ability to grow and build my own, scale my own business was when I got through some of those mindset blocks. Like I was like, oh, okay, now we're really going. Now we're really cooking with fire and gasoline. Right. Because that's the thing, right? Is people can tell if you're not, if you're not all in, you know, if you're not behind what you're saying, if you're not passionate about it, people can tell. You're just like a little bit afraid or it's like, you're never, I mean, I was never really saying anything powerful or meaningful where it's like, oh, well, then I'm just like everyone else that's, you know, out there and like, oh, well, you must be just like a VA or something or like an OBM or something like that. When it's like, oh, there are differences, but I'm, I was too like, I wasn't sure enough of myself to actually say it and put it out there. Actually, like, yes, there is a difference. And what you're going to get with me is going to be very different from what you're going to get with someone else. I can say that now, but it took me a while. Like I had to work through my own (laughs) to get there. And I was like, oh, these are the ways that I'm not really showing up for myself and for my, for my clients. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I know exactly what you mean. And it's funny. We kind of mentioned, I I mentioned this a little bit before we started recording. You asked me, what made me different than the other podcast producers out there. And I said, well, nothing. I mean, producing a podcast is what it is. It's it's what makes me different is that it's me doing it, right? And someone would resonate with having their podcast produced by me, maybe more so than somebody else, or maybe they wouldn't. And then if they would, would resonate more so than else, they'd go with that person. At the end of the day, you know, I think it's really powerful that you're able to overcome that fear and put yourself into your marketing because that is the only thing that anyone can truly do that is truly, truly 100% unique. Because at this point, I mean, pretty much everything's been done. You know what I mean? As far as, especially in the world of business. So if everything's been done, what's the point? Well, the point is that everything's been done, but you are the first, Diane, to be doing what you're doing. The first and only. Exactly. And I'm the first ever to be doing what I'm doing. Exactly. And so I think that's something that needs to be really celebrated and put out in, in marketing and all that. Exactly. And I'm sure you probably didn't think this when we were like, oh, I'm going to talk to as an operations person. But, <laughs> um, but I think that is a really valuable lesson. And I wish I had learned it and 
known or at least been aware about it when I started. And then I wouldn't have like wasted so much time like putzing around with like investing in different strategies when I was like, there's nothing wrong with the strategy. Strategies me, I'm not implementing. Like I'm not doing the thing. Like, so of course nothing's going to work. Right. Um, <laughs> so, yes. I, so that's kind of where I was like, oh yeah, like. I think that that is something that if you're for newer entrepreneurs or people who are just coming into the space or who are like, really like, oh, I need the strategy. I, well, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? Um, do you really need the strategy or are you just not really doing your strategy? Because um, <laughs> at the end of the day, I mean, you can just look up online uh, how to get more clients in a business and, you know, you'll see a thousand different articles walking through the process. Like, it's not about that. It's about, are you are you actually doing that stuff? Yeah. Or like I, I, a friend of mine put together like a new, um, like she's putting together a presentation. One of the things was like, oh, well, how do you, how do you get new leads? And one of the things that she put on there was like, make a list of like dream clients and just reach out to them. I was like, oh, oh, that made me feel something. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like am I really going to email like Barack Obama? And ask him for like, you know, hey, do you like, can I, can I work on your team? Um, and those are the things like you might think about that. Like, that's like, oh, that's a massive thing. But like, oh, there might be people who are like maybe a little bit farther ahead of you that you're just afraid to ask or you're afraid how they're going to receive it. And so you just don't do the thing. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's already the way that things show up. Because I know I did that a ton um, when I was starting out. Yes, I know exactly what you mean. I did the same thing. But at the end of the day, it's funny. You only get what you want if you ask yeah, for it. Exactly. So, like, there's no, you know, you're a hell of a lot closer to working with someone that you want to work with if you actually ask. Yeah, like the worst thing you can say you is, just no. sit down and do nothing. It might, yeah, feel exactly. like, it might feel like, oh, my God, that no is going to end my life in the moment, right? But, like, hopefully you walk past that. You, like, get past it and you're like, oh, the no is, I didn't die. Okay, great. Like, could you yeah. want the next one? <laughs> and, hey, if you if you don't ask, then that's the exact same experience than if you'd asked and gotten a no, except you also add some confusion and uncertainty on top of it. Yeah. I think one, I had an assistant um, that was working for me in corporate and she's a little bit, but also like it didn't because she, she told me, she's like, well, you know, I was really nervous about asking you, but you know, I talked to my dad about it and he said that if you don't even ask, the answer is always a hundred percent no. But if you ask, at least you have a chance of a yes. So ask. Yes, exactly. What, what is, what, what was that, uh, that famous saying? Like you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, if you want to get better at shooting, you have to take more shots and miss a hell of a lot more. But the more you miss, the more you'll make too. So that's just kind of the way it has to be. <laughs> yes. So I, I'm a big fan on the podcast of actionable advice, right? I like it when people can take something from this podcast and really use it. So let's say someone's kind of excited by the idea of outsourcing because let's be real here. No, no business owner, no entrepreneur actually wants to be doing the kind of basic mundane stuff like answering your emails, editing your podcast, you know, writing, maybe like writing every single blog post or, you know, whatever the situation is, you want to be working on the business instead of in it. So uh, what is one piece of actionable advice you could give that someone can take and really run with to begin to, to adopt that, that mentality, right? Working on that business instead of inside of it. Like, I mean, I know that we talk a little bit about podcast outsourcing at the beginning and I was like, well, you know, you have to know a little something. So I, that's not to say that I don't believe in outsourcing. I am really a huge proponent of it. And I think one of the fastest ways to really start to scale and grow your business is to actually get like higher help. Right. But to be really intentional about it. So I know that a lot of people will think about growing their business and be like, oh, I'm just going to hire someone, anyone. I need a VA. Like, okay. But they don't realize that there's 
about a thousand different types of VAs. So um, when you're going into a hiring cycle, I suggest that like you actually know specifically who you're hiring um, and to really look at the time that you're you're keeping, right? So one of the things I do with my clients before we do anything is like, I need to see an activity inventory. I need to see what you're actually doing over the course of a week or two. And I need to see like how long it's taking so we can see what we can, what we can actually get off your plate, right? Because usually the goal when you outsource is to save time right? And you can never really be sure of that if you don't even know what you're doing and what you're going to be outsourcing to begin with. So if you're thinking about hiring, if you're thinking about uh, you know, getting more help in your business, if you're thinking about outsourcing certain tasks, certain work, then track your time. See like, how long is it actually taking, whether it's you or maybe your VA is already doing something. And you're like, oh, this is taking a lot of time. Like track it and see, like, is it really a lot of time or does it just feel like a lot of time because you're not very good at it, right? Or... <laughs> And that's something that like is really enlightening to a lot of people. Um, and it really cuts back on the hiring mistakes, I would say, like where people like hire people at like or hire VAs, hire OBMs. And they're like, oh, but I don't really know. I'm not really using them. Or I don't really, I don't know what to give them now. Well, nip that in the bud. And like right now, the first thing you do if you're thinking about outsourcing or hiring is to actually do an activity inventory. Whether you write it down on a piece of paper or you use a time tracking tool, just track your time for a week and do it just really diligently. Um, don't try to be like, oh, it's the last day. Let me let me just like try and remember all the things that I did. Um, but try and do it consistently so that you have some actual data to make your decision based off of. And I think you'll be really surprised by where you're spending your time and maybe the type of work that you really want to outsource. I'll say nine times out of 10, uh, my clients come to me and they're like, yeah, I want to hire someone. And then we do this exercise and they're like, oh, this is not the work that I thought we were going to, like, this is not the role that I was actually envisioning when I said I wanted to hire someone. Um, and that's where we're able to really make great fits. And those are the people who are actually going to be able to support you. And that's how you're actually going to be able to save time when you outsource instead of like, you know, fingers crossed, I really hope this is the right one. And I hope I'm really right, hiring the right person. Um, and we'll see from there, right? So that's something that I think is you can do right now. It's not going to cost you anything. It's not going to, um, it's not, you're not going to need, you don't need to invest in any extra technology or anything like that that you pay for. You can just do it right now and increase your odds of hiring um, the right role, the right person in your business, like significantly. There is that actionable advice that, that I'm always loving on the podcast. I think that is amazing. And I think that very much makes sense because just outsourcing for the sake of outsourcing as soon as you possibly can to whoever you possibly can find to do it is not the best way to go about it because at the end of the day, it's people. You know what I mean? It is You are a person and you're working with another person. You have to find someone who is a right fit. You're going to do exactly what you need them to do. And you have to be very clear on exactly what it is that you're wanting this person to do for you. Yeah, you know what you I don't mean? even know. You're like, I just need help. Like, how many times have you, you ever think that I thought that when I first got started? I need, I need help. I need someone to help me in my business. And I didn't really put any more thought into it past that. Oh yeah, I hired some bad fits. Where I was like, oh, I don't, I don't even know what I'm doing with you, but I'm paying, I'm paying, paying for something. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> and so that's, that is like, that's something I see like really, really frequently. And it's so easy to solve. Like literally just write down what you're doing and then like carve it out. Like you'll know exactly how much time you're going to save and you know exactly what tasks that person's going to do as soon as they start. Yes, exactly. So, and you, you, you kind of uh, already answered my, my other question for you, uh, which was give us a little bit of insight on, you know, more specifically what it looks like working with you. Like to give us you know, an insight on the transformations that you bring your clients through. 
Yeah. So my clients, usually the goal is they want to scale their business. They want more, right? So you're working, you built this business, but at a certain point, you really start to brush up against your own capacity, right? There, It's almost impossible to scale your business, pass a couple hundred thousand dollars on your own. You're going to need a team. You're going to need some technology. You're going to need a few things like in your infrastructure for you to really be able to do it without, like, like I said, like really like killing yourself in your business. And I think a lot of people don't start their businesses because they want to work a lot, right? They probably want to work less. Um, So a lot of times the goal for my clients is they want to scale to multi six figures, 500,000, a million dollars or more, and they want to do it while they're working part-time hours. And you can do that 100% possible if you're really intentional about the systems that you build, the tech that you build, the automations that you build, and the team that you build around you to make sure that you're actually going to be able to get that goal. So the first thing I always do with the client is to like, let's create the blueprint. Let's create the map of where are you today? Where do you want to go? And what are all the operational pieces that actually need to be built so that you can have exactly what you want, right? Because, you know, we could have you and me, we could be both be podcast producers, but our goals and the way that we want our businesses to run could be very different. So there's no such thing as like, well, I'm going to take my friend's strategy. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to do the exact same thing. It's going to work. So we always create like a custom scaling blueprint as a first step for everything. Right. So at least you go into it, eyes wide open. Like, this is what I need. This is what's going to take me from where I am today to where I want to be in the future. Um, And then from there we go into like, all right, so you can take it, run with it, do whatever you want with it. Or I can guide you as your COO at your side is helping you really manage the implementation. There's going to be adjustments. There's going to be troubleshooting. There's always like the, the ops stuff like that comes up as you're scaling and like having someone in your back pocket that can give you some expertise and can support you through those things is kind of kind of a boon, right? It's like your very own bat signal. Um, so really I start with the blueprinting process where I'll just tell you, here's everything you need to scale your business the way that you want to scale it. And then we move into like, all right, so implementation support, like as you're implementing, like I'm here at your side as your expert guide and mentor. So that's really like the two phases of working with me. Okay. I think that is incredibly powerful. And I have to say, I really appreciate how concrete what you do is. There's a lot of people that I've I've talked to where the question of, you know, what is it that you do? It's a lot more, the answer I got is a lot more vague. You know what I mean? Like, I don't exactly see like, what, what, what's the benefit here? You know, what's the transformation you're leading me through? What's, do I, am I going to be making more money out of this? Am I going to be going to be doing this or that? Or like, what's, what's the end game here? But with you, that was about as clear as you could reasonably be. And I just think that is a lesson there for, for anyone listening that you need that clarity. You need to be clear and you need to know exactly what the kind of transformation is that you're be- being able to give someone. You need to be able to answer very clearly, like you just did, the question of like, you know, what do you help people with? What do you do? And what's the, what's the transformation I can expect? And what am I going to get out of it? You know what I mean? And so I just wanted to highlight that. And I think that is incredibly powerful. Thank you. And yeah, don't let me fool you. Like I took a lot of practice, took a lot of iteration um, to get to that point. And like, again, you just got to keep testing, tweaking, adjusting. um, So you find what lands and if you don't do it, it never, it just takes longer to get there. Right. Um, So yeah, like, thank you. And it wasn't (laughs) (laughs) that is always the case. You know what I mean? It never, that's not something you can just kind of create right out of the gate. It needs a lot of a, a lot of iterations. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, 
Diane, I, I think we could talk about all of this for hours, but I want to make sure I respect your time and the time of our listeners. And I want to thank you very, very much for being such an incredible guest on the podcast today. For people who are interested in you and in all the work you're doing, where can they find out more about you? Yeah, you can follow me on Instagram. I'm at dianelam.co. And if you just want like something a little bit more actionable or tractionable, like I have a mini um, ops audit that's going to be going up very, very soon. And you can find it, you're going to be able to find it at dianelam.com slash quiz. And it'll kind of tell you like what parts of your business really need some focusing and uh, what parts might be maybe need some work, right? Um, so yeah. it'll be like a quick and dirty, maybe eight question assessment on where you're at and what you need to focus on. That is absolutely perfect. I love it. <laughs> that is amazing. I'm going to have all that linked up in the show notes. And I encourage everyone listening to check that out in more detail. But for now, Diane, thank you so much again for being such an incredible guest on the podcast today. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode and for supporting the Path to Podcast Success Show. If you haven't already, please leave us a five-star rating and a written review letting us know what you think of the show so we can bring you the most value we can from these expert podcasters. Your support helps us reach more people looking to step up their podcast game so that they can continue to grow their brand and spread their message. So again, thank you for listening to this episode of The Path to Podcast Success, and we'll see you in the next episode.